0: Welcome to the Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You ready to get into the Word? We're in the book of Nehemiah. Kurt listens. He'd wanna. I said early Nehemiah is like an average dude, like he doesn't float to anything. He's just an average guy, like you and I, and. Um, he just showed deep concern for God's people and for this wall that was broken. And he's known as the guy who rebuilds the wall. I think sometimes what happens is I, I keep reading through it all. I think sometimes what happens is we credit Nehemiah, but we forget that there was a lot of people involved here, right? And, and sometimes we have to just take a step back, especially modern, like 2023, modern day. We have to take a step back and realize that this is not the Andrew show. Right. This is not about me, and I'm just saying that because there were a lot of people that, that contributed to the rebuilding of this wall, and it's not one person, it's not you, and it's not me, it's us. It's us who do it. This cannot be done by me, and it could not be done by Nehemiah on his own. It, it takes a team, it takes a church. Amen? I just want to say that so that you don't always read this thing and think, yeah, but I'm not like I'm not a Nehemiah type dude or I'm not a Nehemiah type girl, but 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 you could be on team with a Nehemiah type mindset or a team that can do something great. Amen? That's so important. You with me? Now remember the walls they represent safety, right? The wall at home keeps keeps bad out, keeps good in. The wall or the, the boundaries, boundaries in your life are important. Boundaries are so important that in church we, they've been like we've lost boundaries. But boundaries exist and boundaries exist in church as well, right? For instance, like if you're going through a hard time, it doesn't mean you can put other people through a hard time, yeah? Like you care for them. There's, there's rules and there's regulations. And we do that not because it's rules and regulations, but because we care about each other, Amen. Like, no one wants their mum, like, once you get to a certain age, no one wants mum and dad just to walk into the bathroom when you're there. Amen? Yeah, you like, the, did you notice the door? You saw it was closed? There's a reason for that. Because boundaries are important. Like, as you grow and develop, certain things just don't happen anymore. Amen? That includes maturity at church. Yes? You don't like that? I'll walk in on the toilet then. Don't worry about it. When these walls or these boundaries are broken, there's a lot of shame and disgrace that comes. And, and that is what's happened now. The wall is broken. There's disgrace and there's damage and there's hurt and uh, all of this kind of stuff is happening. And Nehemiah, he hears about it and he shows compassion and he repents on behalf of this nation. He goes to God and he says to them, look, I know that everything's bad and I know they're not living right. I don't even live right, if I'm honest. But use me. Let me do something. Forgive them. Let them come back to you. Rebuild. And he starts to speak to God. And, and it's time for us to rebuild. Amen? It's time for us to be part of the solution. Are you with me? Now, um, we need a strategy. I wonder whether you're looking for one. If you want to do something for God, there's no recipe. Like, you've got to do something. There's no recipe in this. I've had that many people come and go, can you teach me how to run a church? Yeah, like just start loving people. Start there. There's no recipe. I can't say, if you high-five four people and you wash three toilets and you come to church 18 times, boom, you're done. I wish it was like that because there's some things I'd like to know the recipe to. But it doesn't work that way. Amen? And so are you looking for a strategy? When you look at Rockingham, and I use Rockingham, I know it's a worldwide thing, but let's just dial in to Rockingham because that's where God's called us to. Amen? If you look at Rockingham, are you moved by compassion or judgment? Do you see people on the street, you think, man, what a Muppet? Or do you think, oh, shouldn't be that way. I'd love to say that I've got this compassion But I don't always. I just don't. I had somebody, uh, I, like, they just wouldn't get out the way for a photograph I took. I was taking a photograph at work, I, and he's there. I said, to, I took the photo, and he said, "You can't take a photo of me." Still, well, I can, but well, I don't want that. Then move. I don't want to move. I've already got the photo, bro. I don't need. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "What's wrong with you?" Do you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't see that? You couldn't see that moment where I was like, I don't want to be in the photo. Out, bro. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't want to move. I've got to take a photo of what's behind you and you being in, it doesn't change the photo. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, what's wrong with you? And then later, like, I finished what I was doing and I just saw the dude just sitting in his car. He just didn't look okay. You know, when somebody's just like, they I just thought, man, it's not normal. Like, his reaction's not normal. That's not okay. We should be moved by compassion. Not, we shouldn't just judge. I'm the first to admit that I got this wrong, which is bad because I'd like to have not had it got it wrong in this series or in this week. That would have been good. But I do. But we need to look at the city and say, like, oh, we can do something about this. Amen? Do you pray for the city? Because they're not praying for themselves. Are you praying for them? Or are you just hoping that things are going to change by themselves? We need a, a strategy. Amen? Are you looking for one? Are you looking for, a, are you looking for a gap? Are you looking for a way? Are you looking for an opportunity? Are you looking for how your business can do something? Are you looking for how your job position can do something? Are you looking for a strategy? Do you go to work and just be grumpy that you have to work hard for less money? Or do you go there and say, all right, i got to be here. How do I make this work? I need the money. How do I make this work? I have to do this job. I hate the job, but there's people here that I have to reach. How do I do it? What's the strategy? What are you doing on the way to work? Are you praying about it? or or, Okay, be careful the word. Are you complaining about it? Why, God? Nehemiah's looking. So book of Nehemiah, number chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 11, he says this. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later, and I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. This is when it must have been when he was 18. You remember those days where you could sneak out of home, you just get out, gather a couple of friends, and you just duck undercover. Remember that? These are good days. Don't do it. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Some of you need to realize that just because God gives you something in your heart doesn't mean you need to open your mouth. Sometimes you need to shut up and get it done rather than tell everybody that you're going to get it done and then not do anything. Because the next time you talk, they'll tell you to shut up. You need to, sometimes you need to use wisdom. Sometimes, sometimes you don't say everything that God shows you. Sometimes you just hold on to that thing and you figure out not just what he's called me to, but how am I going to do it? What's the strategy? And from there we move forward. Are you with me? We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past Jackal's Well, and over to the dung gate, I know that Beck was like, oh, there was a dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Now, I'm going to get to the gates next week. I am going to get. But for the sake of trying to understand what's going on here, I'm going to explain a little bit about the gates. Amen. So the first thing he did is he went out through the valley gate and then he goes uh, over to the dung gate. Just think about a valley gate, a valley. It's a a lower places in a valley right? Because it represents like lowliness or humility, humble. So when he leaves on mission, the first thing he does is steps out in humility. That's part of your strategy. God's given you something to do. The first thing you need to do is step out in humility. Remember, uh, James 4 6, there's this, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Right? So, everything you need to do for God is the grace of God is already complete. Faith is what gives you access to the finished works of God. That's why you apply faith to your life. Right? I'm, I'm saved by grace through faith. Make sense? So, he opposes, he's against anyone who's proud. So, you step out in humility. And then he enters from a place of humility. He goes to the dung gate. And the dung gate is where all the refuse went out. That's where they chuck all the the rubbish. And what you have to realize is you want to do something great for God. You have to step out in humility and get over your crap. Get over your junk. I I want to encourage you this week just to try and understand this from an illustration perspective. I want you to go home and for those of you who are not vegan, I want you to have something like prawns or, or some form of really good um, shellfish. And I want you to take the, the, all of it and chuck it in the bin. But I don't want you to take the bin out for the rest of the week. I just want you to leave it there. If you've got kids, the nappies, where the nappies go, leave it. Right? Whatever rubbish you've got, throw it away. But leave it only for a week. Just a week. Who's up for the... Anyone is the mic working? Are they listening? Is anyone listening? Why? Because if you leave it, if you leave something there for long enough, it stinks. And it doesn't just stink out that thing. If you, if you leave all your junk inside, eventually you start rotting and everything around you starts avoiding you. Are you with me? I want to step out in humility, but I'm also going to offload everything that just doesn't matter, that's used up, that I can't take with me. I don't want that kind of stuff with me. I need to get away from that. I need to leave my bad attitude, my judgment. I need to leave the way I speak about people. I need to leave the things that are causing me pain in my life, the drinking, the, the drugs, all of that stuff. Leave it behind. It's junk that will not help you in where you are going. I don't see in scripture where where God's like, heaven's gonna be amazing, streets of gold, walls that are just out of this world, and then there's gonna be a spot where you can smoke weed as well. Why? Because there's no stupid things in heaven, so why do you want stupid things here on earth? It's supposed to be on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever seen God say, can't wait to get you to get here, I'm just gonna receive you, and we're gonna head to the pub and have a drink. No, he doesn't say that. Why is that? Because there's no stupid things like that in heaven, so get rid of it on earth. You with me? Ugh. Verse 14, Then I went to the fountain gate, to the king's pool, but the donkey could not get through the rubble. I love it. Anyone a donkey person in here? Are you more horse or donkey donkey, a big donkey fan? I'm a massive donkey fan. Um, if you're a horse over a donkey, hmm, problem. Donkey couldn't get through the rubble, so though it was dark, went up to Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall. Before I turned back and entered through the valley gate, um, the the fountain gate, the fountain gate represents the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Like rivers of living water will flow, like that fountain that will flow. So he goes out in humility, past getting rid of all the junk, where all the junk goes, and then he heads toward the presence of God. Now notice how the rubble, the brokenness of the city, is the thing that restricts them from easy access to get to the fountain. Some of what you've allowed the enemy to do in your life the breaking of some of that you've allowed those gaps that movie that music you know that alcohol those drugs and it's broken you down you've allowed abuse to hurt you you've allowed people to say stuff you you've just let these guards down or people have broken down the walls or what keeps you safe right some christians they they were in a safe place like in church and then they stepped out to see i wonder what's out i wonder what's out there and then you got punched in the nose right Some of that happens. Have you noticed how that junk in your life, that pain and that hurt, it feels like it prevents you from getting to God. That's why you have to deal with this stuff. That's why you have to recognize that where God's got me going is more important, bigger and better than my current situation. And it's worth having these walls. It's worth having this protection because when you've got it, it's easy to get to God. There's no stumbling over rubble. There's no junk in your way. You can just make it there easy. Amen? Blockage stops you from God, His will, and His word. These blockages will stop you. Get rid of that stuff. Work hard to keep the... I'm not saying that the enemy won't try. He'll try. And if he can get in, he will. You leave the door unlocked, he'll pull the handle down. Like, you'll lock everything up. You've got to secure your life. You got to be protected. In this, in this body, is God and God only. There's nothing else that I'm letting in. And when I notice something, I'm dealing with it fast. Are you with me? The, The city officials did not know I'd been out there or what I'd been doing. For I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I would not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles and the officials or anyone else in the administration. But now I said, so at this stage, he's now talking to people. And he says, you know well, you know very well what trouble we are in. You know very well what trouble we are in. He doesn't outline what the trouble is. He just says, you know full well. I want to say this to you, you're trying to reach people out in the world, you don't need to point out their issues. They know very well what their issues are. You do not need to walk around pointing out somebody's issues, their problems, the things that they, they suck at. You don't need to do that. They know full well. You don't have to come to me and say, Andrew, you know, it's just this area, this area, and this area, you suck. You have missed a thousand others. Just ask the question. I know more issues about me than you know. You know more issues about you than everyone else knows. Yep. So we don't need to point each other out. You know full well. And as I'm preaching this, you know full well right now that there are areas in your life where the enemy got in. You know full well, and you know that not only he got in, but you know that it feels like it's preventing me to get to God. I struggle to pray. I'm struggling to read my Bible. Coming to church is an effort. Why? You never were like that. There was a passion and a fire. There was something happening in your life. You gave your life to Jesus, and he starts putting things back together. And then as soon as we get to a certain point, we're like, oh, I've got this. I got this. What's one week, bro? We head on out like a gangster and then what happens? We get caught. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I'll keep preaching. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how gracious the hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied, yes, let's rebuild the wall. And so they began the good work. I look at Rockingham and I think to myself, Rockingham in many ways is just so damaged and broken. The walls of society have just disintegrated. We have to make a decision. Do we just allow it or are we going to get on our knees and pray? Are you going to be okay with it? Or you think it's just going to fix itself on its own? Like, is it just naturally getting better in your lifetime? You just think, actually, yeah, randomly I just walk through the park and I see like non-Christians just randomly stopping, having a moment, and then just giving their life to Jesus. No, you haven't seen that ever. That happens when you start talking to people, when you lead them to the Lord. He's gonna save that. It's on him. But we lead people to the Lord. Do we repent on behalf of the city? I think we should. I think we should repent ourselves but I think we should repent on behalf of the city. Things won't just get better. And we have to say I'm here to help. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I need a strategy. But I'm here to help. Are you looking for ways to make a difference? Or are you going to sit back and wait for someone else to do it? Is that what you think is going to happen? Or we're we going to wait until we're rich? Maybe when we're rich, we can reach the city. When we actually, maybe when we're a big church, which by the way, the world standards, we already are. Just so that we're clear. Once we hit 20 people, actually once we hit 21 people in this church, we became in the top 1% of churches on the planet. Yeah. The average size church is less than 20 people. Did you know that? Yeah. Maybe we need to start thinking a little bit bigger than the way we're thinking. You're in a very, very big church. It doesn't look full tonight, but I'm telling you now, you're, you've got to change the way you think. Add some kids in there. Add those that can't make it here tonight. Add those that I know are online and some of them with some very, very good reasons as to why they can't be here. I'm telling you now, we need to change the way we think and realize that we can do more than we thought we could do if we would snap out of a small mindset. Maybe when we have the right people or the right, maybe when we have a venue, we can do something for God. That might fix it. Like a big church building where everything's set up, that would, I just feel like that would somehow make us go, actually, yes, now we can do something in the city. No, a venue won't do anything. A venue will do this. A venue is going to put us under pressure to fill it and find finance to pay for it. When I say us, it's going to, feel like it puts me under pressure to, to fill it and me under pressure to pay for it if not everybody has buy-in? Because I'm an all-in person. I don't play games. I'm in or I'm out. I don't like half-half. Like if I'm going to eat something, I'm going to eat it, and if it's gross, I'm going to spit it out. Like I'm not just going to tolerate it. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do at 100%. Do we leave it or do we just say, God is with us. We love this city. We're prepared to make a difference. That's it. God's with me. He cares about this city. I'm going to put my hand to the plow and just do whatever I can do. That's the attitude that Nehemiah has. And God leads him through this process. He humbles himself. Gets rid of his junk and then he starts relying on God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. That's your strategy. You want, you want a recipe. Here's what it is. Humble yourself and allow God to lead you. You go, Andrew, I don't know what next step would be. Yeah, congratulations. It's now you're walking by faith. You walk by faith. You, 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 I'm telling you, some of you guys, listen, you want to build a church, you want to do anything. You Don't look at your current database of clients and think, that's all I've got. No, you, you go to work and you behave like an absolute machine out there and, and more will come. You want to build a church, you don't look at the empty seats, you look past the walls and you just believe God that this place will be full to overflow, overflow, overflow. I'm going to, I'm going to reach the city, I'll make a difference. You don't look at your bank account and go, oh my gosh, I'm poor. You look at your bank account and say, all right, let's go with what I've got, I'm going to do something great. You have to change the way you think. Some of you, are looking for God's solutions, but you, you're doing it your way, wondering why God's way doesn't work. Stop doing it your way, thinking that God's going to somehow go, hey, Oh, fine, I'll do it your way. <laughs> you know what, I had a way, but you seem, you seem committed to doing it your way. I'll bless that. Good luck. Good luck. Let me know if it works. At work, do you have a strategy? How do I expand the kingdom at work? Do you pray about it? Relationships. How do I expand the kingdom? How do I demonstrate heaven on earth in my relationship? How do I do it? Are you, are you praying? Are you praying, God, give me the perfect person? Or are you praying, God, make me the right person for someone? That'll change, you. Yeah? Friendships. Are you looking for a strategy? How do I leverage my influence, my ability to influence people? Or are you allowing people to influence you? Some of you young people have more influence than you know and you do zip with it. Somebody's like, let's do something stupid. And you go, okay. And then prison. Come on. Did You just shout Shane at the back. different for Shane. It's called prison ministry. It's different. It's different. Give him a break. I'm with you, mate. Let's go. Come on, we're supposed to expand the kingdom together. Like this was all about you until you gave your life to Jesus. Now it's about everyone other than you. But you can still deal with you along the way. Requires work. Building requires work. And some people you'll see next week, some people are going to be working on the Dungay. Other ones are going to be working on other ones, like Valley. You know what I mean? Don't, don't discount or disregard the small little jobs that get done along the way. Uh, when, we, when we're building things like, obviously, cabinetry and all the rest. I wanted to be more like Jesus. I did carpentry. But um, when, you, when you're doing that, it's the finishing detail that matters, not the big job. Building white boxes for a kitchen is the easy bit. Making sure that the handles are on level. That's the bit you want to get right. Because somebody doesn't go, love the carcass. They go, is that, that's not, that's skew. It's the finishing detail. My granddad said it this way. Why would you dress in a suit and then not polish your shoes? That little detail takes away from the whole outfit. And we're disregarding the polishing of the shoes. We're not not thinking that the small things matter, but the small things matter a lot. Your drive to work matters. The way you spend your money matters. The way you speak matters. The way you interact with people, it matters. These little things, you're thinking, I'm going to change the world and build the bigger, I'm going to build the next McDonald's. You will never build the next McDonald's until you change the way you communicate with people. till you learn to give vision, till you learn to do something with the little things. Are you with me? Come on, I'm, I'm pressing at you because you have to see something different here. We're thinking Nehemiah built this wall. Nehemiah did far more than just build a wall. He got a bunch of people who were living in ruins to say, yes, let's rebuild. You can go out and reach this city and those that do not love Jesus now will be the ones who stand with you and reach the city with you. If you would do something about it. Are you looking for strategy? Let me give you this quickly, then we'll close and pray. Nehemiah didn't worry about how big a team he could get. In fact, when he had an opportunity to take a big team, he took a small one. Yeah? You remember how Jesus did something similar? He's not going to take 12. 11. We'll call it 12 for now. 11. One turkey's going to... Hang himself for money. He took a small team, he took a few. He dealt with his own convictions. Some of you are wait- what are you waiting for? You're waiting for some prophetic word to help you get going. He has a prophetic word to get you going. Get going. Yeah? He didn't tell others what he was going to do, he got on with it. Get on with it. He didn't give room for the enemy and the dis- those people who were trying to discourage him. He didn't give them room. Some of you want to do something great for God. The first time somebody says something negative to you on social media, you crumble. You have one bad thought and you think your life is over. It's not over. The enemy is trying to stop you. Snap out of that. No, I'm not receiving that. I'm going to do something great for God. I'm going to figure it out along the way as well naysayers exist. There are people that are going to tell you what can't be done. I'm telling you now, keep coming to a church and you're going to start hearing what you can get done. There are people that will talk rubbish. There are also people that will get it done. Everyone's waiting for you to fail. So go and succeed. Go and succeed so that you can look back and go, ha, told you. Nailed it. Some of you can do the most amazing things. Nehemiah, though, he he did a little bit more. He worked when others were sleeping. Some of you sleep far too much. He went places no one else was willing to go, including to the places that were stinking, that were full of junk and rubbish. He was prepared to go there. He risked it. No one knew, not even the guards, what he was doing. Yeah? Some of you need to step out and go do something dangerous. And then do it in December. Then phone Kurt. Be like I'm in prison. Pray for you. It was about less about talk and more about results. And then, when the time was right, some of you need to get this right for yourselves. When the time is right, when a God moment appears, what's the first thing he says? Not let's build a wall. He's like, you all can see what's going on. And he starts to declare all that God has been doing in his life. And then people are like, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. When people start to see what God's doing in your life, they're going to join you. They're going to want to be part of what you're doing. Because there's nothing more exciting than doing something reckless for God. When you start to reach a city, people are like, all right, I'm with you. Stop playing it safe. Amen. Buy a donkey. Let's go. Buy a donkey and just go change the world you with me? There's so much. We'll never get to it for another series. Say goodbye to everything else. I, I, I believe this all in my heart. There was a stage in my life where I didn't only just hate God, but I just hated Christians. I, the, the thought of church just made me feel ill. Even the wooden benches, as comfortable as they looked, I just couldn't get past it. I didn't want anything I didn't want any part of this. But once I had an encounter with God, everything changed. And I've had some great days. I've had some great years. I've had some bad days and some terrible years. I've had some times where I'm like, God's the only thing, and then I'm just thinking, like, I think God forgot me and everything. I've had times where I'm like, it's the greatest thing I've ever done with my life. And then other days where I'm like, why do I have to go? Why? Why? I know I'm preaching, but why? I've met the greatest people. I've met the biggest. I've I've met some not great people. I've met people I pray that I will always do church with. And then I've met people where when I'm no longer doing church with them, I praise God more. I'm like, God, thank you. You've blessed me. As far as the east is from the west, remove us from each other. I've done church with people who make me so passionate for God. And then I've done church with somebody, like a spiritual vacuum cleaner. They walk in the room, it's like, it's like even God's like, yeah, I'm out. But I wouldn't change it for the world. Good and bad, I'm in. But I'm the guy who hated God. And you're probably very similar. You weren't all that game for church either. But once you had an encounter with God, everything changed. And this city doesn't need flashy lights. It doesn't need LED screens. It doesn't need fancy buildings. What it needs is to experience the presence of God. This generation, if they want fancy things, like they want like a concert, I'm telling you up front, we will never compete. Like Taylor Swift's going to own us. If it's about production, I think she's gonna win. She's gonna win. If it's about catchy songs that are new, and you just, yep, they're gonna win. Fancy chairs that you want, beautiful auditorium, man, Coca-Cola's probably gonna win. Like we will never compete with that. But what we have, all of them combined will never get. And that is the presence of God. That is the Holy Spirit. And when God touches a life, Everything changes, and it did for you, and it will for others. But we cannot sit back and say, what I've got is all for me. We have to say, what I've got is for everyone. And I'm going to get rejected along the way, hurt along the way. People are going to push me aside. They're going to think I'm a freak, but I'm never going to quit. Because I know deep down, if they would just have one moment with God, everything everything would change. And they will be in here, and they'll say, look, count me in with your lunatic stuff. I'm in because that's what happened to me. Once I met with Jesus, I didn't care, I've been to fancy things. I've seen productions, I've, I've been to parties. I've been to some of the best bands in the world. I've never been to a church that competes. I've never had a church service where I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Best, best team ever I've never had that. Like if somebody asked me the best, I'm gonna tell them the best, and it was never a church moment. But more impactful, I've never had outside of church. I've met God in the best and the worst moments in church, in worship. And I'm telling you, some of you need to stop being late for worship. Stop being late for prayer. Stop thinking that church is sometimes on, off, in. Stop playing games with God. Be an all-in person. I'm telling you what will happen. Your life will change. But most people cannot even commit to one year. And the minute they say, like, I'm in, I'm telling you now, your birthday party will come up. Bam, you're gone. You want want all of God and you want him to just have some of you. I'm telling you, if that is your plan, your plan sucks and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're going to live a life of frustration. And if that bothers you, then it bothers you. But you're probably bothered already. And I know that for the most part, those probably should hear this message are probably not in the room. Be in the room. Be in the room. Be where God's working. I'm telling you, life will change. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Bow your heads quick. There's your strategy. My strategy is... Follow the Holy Spirit. Do what it takes to get to Him and stay in that place. And it'll make sense sometimes. And it won't make sense a lot of the time. And I don't know whether that's His plan or His sense of humour. But when you think you've worked God out, you are just not even a drop in the ocean. You either want to change the world or you don't. You either want to be part of something significant or you don't. Those online, you either want to do something great for God or you don't. But he's looking for a surrendered person. He's not looking for somebody to tell God that he needs to surrender his plan to line up with your plan because you think your plan works best. He's not in agreement with everything that you're doing. He's not in agreement with the way you worship. He's not in agreement with the way you pray. He's not in agreement with these things when you do it your way. I'm challenging you this evening. Snap out of it. Stop saying yes tonight and then yes next Sunday. I dare you to say yes to Jesus Monday morning. Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday, Saturday. I dare you to say yes to Him every day of your life and see what would happen, not only in your life, but in the life of every single person around you. He didn't go to the cross and die for us so that we could play games. He went to the cross because He wanted to redeem us. And that's more than just us in the room. He wanted your friends and He wanted your family. He wants to get this city and we are His chosen vessel. And I think sometimes we've taken this vessel and we've hidden it in the back corner cupboard in the kitchen. You know, the one that never gets used? That's where we hide. And He calls us out and He says to us, I didn't know, who creates a lamp to be hidden? You think I saved you to hide? You think I called you so that you could go underneath something? I called you to be a lighthouse in this city. I called you to be a person of significance. I called you to be a person who uses social media to make a difference, who uses their mouth to make a difference, who uses their workplace to make a difference. He didn't save you so that you could just go on cruise control. You are far bigger than that, far greater than that. You're far more valuable than just something to exist. it's not about you or me, it's about us. How do we partner together and reach a city? Because I am convinced that Jesus may very well be coming back in our lifetime. And I'd like to see that we reached more people than what we've reached. Because heaven matters and so do they. And the price that Jesus paid, I think is significant. So make up your mind right where you are. I'm going to push for God. And I'm going to reach out to people. And some of you can start by reaching out to the people that are supposed to be in the room. It's going to cost you something to see them. But it's worth it. So Father, I pray for every person in the room right now. Those that have just been playing games with you when they know there's a call on their life. Those that are online. You've called them. God has called you for this moment in time to step up and to step out and to do something significant, do it. I'm praying for you that you would not sit behind a screen thinking you're achieving it, but that you would go into all the world and make disciples, that you would do something significant. I bought all of that for you so that you could hear the, God, the Word of God, that it would encourage you, build you, that you would do something with it. There needs to be fruit from everything that we touch in this church. Fruit. you're not where you should be with God, this is not a heavy on you. This is a reminder that tonight is significant. Make, it, make up your mind. While no one's looking around you, just slip your hand up and say, just include me this evening because I think I've just been on cruise control. So I head toward the end of the year. I'm on cruise control. I need, to, I need to live for Jesus. If that's you, just say, yeah, include me in this prayer. I need to give my life to Jesus and get serious about Him. If that's you online, you can just respond right now. I see your hand, great decision. I see your hand, great decision. Now's not the time for games. We're going to live for the Lord. We're going to do something significant with our lives. We're going to look back and laugh at some of our failures, some of our stresses, some of our anxieties, but we're going to look back and high-five each other and say, man, it was a journey of epic proportion. We did something awesome. Father, I pray right now for every person, whether their hand has gone up or it hasn't, those that are online right now, that tonight would be the starting point for them to snap into all that you've got for them, that they would step out and do what you've called them to do with fire, with passion. They would leave the guilt behind, leave that at the dung gate and step out and just say, man, I'm coming for the Holy Spirit. God, lead me and guide me, show me. He loves you so much. Let's go after spending time with the Holy Spirit. Let's go after him, amen? Bless them, I pray, those that are online, in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen. I want you to be stirred by Nehemiah, I don't want you to feel guilt because of Nehemiah. I want you to step out and just say, Nehemiah going, I have no idea how am I going to build the wall? How are you going to do what God's called you to do? No idea. All I know this is if you trust him, it will be done. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.